Sister Sherry, thank you. What an awesome song. Thank you so much, choir. There is a word from the Lord as we conclude the series that is entitled Supernatural Peace. In fact, we have called this the Summer of Supernatural Peace. This is the ninth and the final message of this series. The series is available for you if you would like online or you can certainly see our media ministry for it. How many of you know that you have declared and decreed that you will have peace in your life? Anybody want some peace? Amen. Well, this last message, I, I saved it for last for a reason. Because God says, here is one that I want you to speak to the congregation. All of us are challenged by the word of God. And particularly in this digital social media age, this message challenges all of us. Because it is really about true validation that comes from God and not from others. Amen. There is a wonderful text, and it is Proverbs, the 13th chapter, and the third verse. Uh, a scripture that I said to the congregation this morning at 8, if you have not flagged or highlighted the scripture, you should. You should save it, put it somewhere, because it is a powerful word of wisdom that is coming from the Lord through King Solomon. Hear what the word says. He who guards his mouth preserves his life. But he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Read that again. He who guards his mouth preserves his life. But he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. And the church said amen. Catch someone by the hand to those of you that are joining us by internet, those of you who are joining us by radio, we thank God so very much for you. You too can touch and agree with us. Hold those hands. Touch those hands and Look at somebody and say, don't live out loud. <laughs> LOL. Don't live out loud. Now, just for a reoccurring thought, you can sit down. Look at somebody and say, you don't have to tell everything. Ooh, Amen. Don't live out loud, and you don't have to tell everything. Tell somebody and say everything. There is an old proverb, ancient proverb, that says familiarity often breeds contempt. 
And it is a proverb that, having heard it for the first time, I wondered if I would agree with it until I kept thinking about it. And I says, I see why it has survived the test of time, because there is a whole lot of truth in this. Familiarity often breeds contempt. Here's what that proverb means. It simply means that the extensive knowledge of something or of someone or a too close association with someone, I'm preaching hard now, amen, or something, you may not shout on this message, but I want you to remember this, can often lead to a loss of respect. What the author of the proverb was trying to get to is that oftentimes the more people know about you, the less they respect you. They don't really have to know all your business. Amen, someone. We live in a society today in which it seems as if there are more and more people who are willing to share more and more information about their personal lives with all kinds of Tom, Dicks, and Harris, and all kinds of people, particularly by way of the internet, regardless of the consequences. I've seen some crazy things out there on Facebook. And let me, and let me go back and preface this and say I am a big proponent of social media. I love it. I, am, I have a Facebook account, a Twitter account, and I have an iPad, an iPhone, and an iWatch. <laughs> and so I am a big proponent of technology and the beauty of social media. It helps us get out the word of God as I'm speaking right now. There are thousands of people that are streaming live by way of Facebook through our internet media ministry and so it works particularly if you get the right stuff somebody say preach pastor out there but help me to understand something because I maybe I'm too old to understand this but y'all can help me what benefit is it and I literally saw this once of somebody who posted all the food they ate at the restaurant <laughs> told us it made them sick and then told us they spent 30 minutes on the commode. This is true. All of this in a posting. And I'm going, maybe I missed something. But y'all have to help me out, okay? Tell me how does that benefit me that you ate like a pig and stayed on the commode to make it right, okay? I, I don't know how that benefits anybody. Look at somebody and say, too much information. We put too much information on, I, and here's another one, true story. Someone came to me and said, Pastor, I want you to pray for us. 
because uh, my husband and I get in a divorce, and uh, I'm surprised that he hooked up with somebody I didn't even know. Talk to the husband, <laughs> he says, she put on Facebook, I'm mad at her, I don't want him anymore, if somebody want him, you can come get him. Well, somebody did. And now she says, but I didn't mean it. Look at somebody says, too late. You can't resend what you have sent. Amen. We in this, and I hope y'all love me after this, we in this digital age need to think before we hit sin. And before you think it is an avenue to get out all of the anger you have at somebody, before you think it is an avenue to tell the world that you got baby mama drama, <laughs> before you think it's an avenue to tell the world why you don't like somebody and you say some things, I'm here to tell you that you cannot get it back. And what you put out there defines who you are. And I want to say something to this millennial generation. As an employer, as someone who started businesses and hired people, people do check your social media account before they hire you. And if they check and they see all that mess you got out there, all that profanity you got out there, all that, you think somebody's going to hire you to come work for their company and knowing you got all this drama associated with your life. They may not tell you why, and they may send you a nice little letter saying, thank you for applying, but we have found somebody else. What they're really saying, we found somebody not as crazy as you are. I want to help you out today. Tell somebody it matters what you put out about yourself. And perhaps what makes it even more problematic that since January 9th, 2007, the date that Stephen Jobs, the late Steve Jobs, introduced the world to the smartphone. That has made, it's a wonderful invention that has revolutionized our society. But it has given crazy people, <laughs> I know mama's gonna talk to me after this, an avenue to act even crazier. When you have a device in your hand, that you can type something before you think about it, and you can send it out while you're still angry, it can cause problems in your life. It is so much easier now to send out personal information uh, and share it with so many people. More, it is, it is easier than it has ever been before. Listen to these stats. It has been reported that currently there are 
3.2 billion smartphone users worldwide. 2.3, this is not even, I'm not counting those with computers at home, or those who, who, who have iPads. We're just talking about smartphone users. And by the year 2022, there would be 3 billion smartphone users. There aren't too many people left with flip phones. I said that once before, and I was surprised. People came to me and said, Pastor, look, I still got my flip phone. I said, God bless you. I somehow think that's okay, okay? Uh, and that's good. I'm not saying that's bad. But folk, and what, what makes the difference is that a smartphone can get all kind of information. Trust me, it sometimes gets to the point where it gets on my nerve. I get alerts from everybody, from CNN to Fox to state newspaper to WLTX. I get breaking news that's not even breaking news. Come on, somebody. You get alerts from all, no wonder we can't pay attention. Have you ever had conversations with particular millennials? It's hard to get them to hold their heads up. While you're talking, they're still doing I said, what are you doing? Checking my post and sending something out. That's why we miss stuff. May I preach? That's right. The phone has become our primary relationship. We, we don't know how to interact with humans because we're interacting with devices too much. Listen, on March 3rd of this year, CNN did a story in which it stated that the social network giant Facebook, Facebook, we all familiar with it, most of us are probably on it, had 1.94 billion monthly users. And 1.28 billion people use Facebook daily. Billion in a B, not million. Billion people. That, that was and is this year an 18% increase from the year before. If that trend continued, that trend continued, you will see how many more folk have an avenue to get into your business? Preach Pastor Jackson. March 2017, there were 328 million monthly active Twitter users in the world. 328 million active, including one crazy man living at 1600 <laughs> Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, D.C. Now, I know I'm in trouble now. Pastor, why would you call him a crazy? We never would have known if he would have kept his mouth shut, if he would not have let us know every other hour that I can type something that just don't make any since. So I'm here to tell you that there's some folk out there who need to not live out loud that are not just ordinary folk, but there's some people in high positions. Woo! 
that need to give their fingers a rest. And we don't need to know every thought that's running across their mind. Because once it's out there, it defines who you are. How many of us would have known? Now, we suspected from the beginning that Trump was a little off. Come on, I mean, we just, we, we just said from the beginning, this Bertha thing and Obama wasn't born. And it, we said from the beginning, this man is a little off. But until he tweets every day, it erased all of our doubt. And I changed. I said, no, he ain't off. He's crazy. <laughs> Y'all burn this tape afterwards. Okay? <laughs> no, save it. I'm, I'm just kidding. Doing the same time frame, Snapchat. How many of you heard of Snapchat? All of our young people know what that is. Well, to those of us who are a little older, we may not be as familiar with it. But let me tell you something. As we speak, Snapchat is the primary uh, social media outlet for teenagers today. 166 million daily active users, and most of them are teenagers. And here's the stat that blows my mind, 10 billion, listen to this, 10 billion mobile videos viewed daily. And you've got some young people out there, you don't know what they're putting online. You, you've gotten some young people who's shaking it like it's hot and putting all other kind of stuff out there. And there's some predators out there that are just looking at everything they put out. Look at somebody and say, you better be careful. If you've got a child, I don't care if they get mad at you, but you check their postings. You tell them, as long as you live in my house, I'm going to see what you're putting out there, okay? Because sometimes you've got to look out for them when they can't even look out for themselves. May I continue to preach this? So as we can see from this, these stats, there are no shortage of ways to put out as much information as we desire about ourselves. The good, the bad, and the ugly. It's all out there. We can put it out any kind of way, any time of day, to millions, if not billions of people. And the question is, God says, what, what, what is the question, Pastor Jackson? The question is, are we putting out too much? Question is, and by doing so, and here is the question that you must consider, are we giving the enemy, the devil, a foothold into our lives? Or are our children giving the devil a foothold into our lives? Let me tell you something about Satan. He is not omniscient. Told the church this morning, Satan does not know everything. The Bible has never said that Satan has any powers uh, that a normal powers any angelic being would have. He does not know everything about your life, but what he knows mostly comes from what you tell him. 
What he knows about you, the reason he knows that you can't stand so-and-so because you said it. Reason he knows that this gets on your nerve because you declare it. The reason he knows that certain things are very tempting to you is because you put it out there. Satan can't even read your thoughts. But he examines your words. And that's why what we say, what we put out, oftentimes give the enemy a foothold in our life. The devil would not have known how vulnerable you are to certain things until you put it out there. Don't help the devil out. If he's going to destroy you, let him do his own research. Let him find it out some other way. You don't have to put it out. There's some things about my life I won't tell anybody. I won't put out, and I certainly don't want the devil to know it. Why? Because I don't want to give him a foothold into me. It's hard enough trying to live saved every day without having the devil given an advantage in coming into your life. Look at somebody and say the devil is a lie. You don't have to help him out. There used to be a time in the good, quote, old days when it was believed that the fewer people that were in your business, the more peace you would have. You remember those days? Y'all remember the days of I don't want nobody in my business. Do you remember those days when, when, when you would hardly ever find out anything folk don't want you to find out? And they would keep it, the quote was, close to the chest. They didn't want everybody into their business. And if they had marriage or problems, everybody in the world didn't have to know about it. Amen. If they were sick and tired of their child, they didn't put it out so millions of people could know about it. If they had struggles at their house, on their jobs, in their lives, it wasn't out so the whole world can know about it. Fewer people in your business means more, more peace in your life. More people in your business means more drama. Can I preach in your life? However, because we seem, and this is perhaps the most significant point I'll make, perhaps because we seem to have this need, this insatiable desire to be validated by other people, preach Pastor Jackson, we are sharing more and more of our business with other people uh, that we think can validate us. And all it does is invite drama into our lives. And unfortunately, some of us seem to enjoy the drama. But look at somebody and say, it will catch up with you. People knowing things that they ought not know about you is not a good thing. Uh, but you've got to be able to hold some things close and just between you and God. We must remember this, uh, that, that, that the drama we invite into our lives comes at a cost. It comes at the expense of God's supernatural peace. May I talk to you this morning? 
all the drama we invite in our lives, you fighting with sisters and brothers, you, you got some attitude, you telling somebody off, you, you speaking peace of your mind, invites drama into your life. It comes at the expense of God's supernatural peace. For we can either have a life of drama or a life of supernatural peace. But catch somebody by the hand and say, but you can't have both. Can I preach? You've got to decide. If you want a life of drama, go ahead and live your life. There are a whole lot of drama queens and drama kings out there. There are a whole lot of folk that would love to get in your business and create drama. But you cannot have a life of supernatural peace. And I just want to remind you that when your back is against the wall and you're sick on your hospital bed and you need a lawyer in the courtroom, you can't invite the drama queen or the drama king to come get you out. You need a relationship with the Lord, our God. You better know how to call on the name. Of the Lord. We are so obsessed in how many shares we get and how many likes we got and how many followers we have that we have forgotten something. And I am convinced the enemy uses that to play games with our minds. And he, and he distorts us and he distracts us from where we ought to be. And we are not paying attention to what God says because every two seconds we're checking what somebody else just posted. Where well, I've got news for you. Nobody can post anything any greater than the 66 books that are already found in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. When I need a word from God, I don't have to go to Twitter to find it. I don't have to go to Facebook to find it. I can bury my head in the word of God and it says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord lifts us standing by his stripes you are here I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me it is of the Lord's mercies that I have not been consumed his compassion faileth not it is renewed every morning great is his faithfulness Woo! I don't have to hang on to the next post the question for us to consider today, my brothers and sisters, is would you rather be validated by people or would you rather be validated by God? That's the question. Would you rather have more friends on Facebook? Would you rather have more followers on Twitter? Would you rather have an awesome social media account or would you rather have a relationship with God? Would you rather be able to call on him in the midnight hour? And he tells you, I am a healer. I can heal your disease. When your child gets in trouble, you can't send a Facebook posting and say, somebody come deliver my child. But you better know how to call on the name of the Lord. What's his name? What's his name? Woo! Listen in the text. Next 10 minutes, give me. In the text, Solomon, son of David, 
wisest man to have ever lived and walked the face of the earth. Solomon writes these most powerful and profound words of wisdom. Words that are particularly important for those of us who are seeking to be validated by God and not validated by others. In fact, the noted scholar, Dr. John Phillips, you often hear me reference him, particularly as it relates to the poetic books of the Bible. Dr. John Phillips points out in his dissertation of the text that there are two truths found in this one verse. <laughs> he says, truth number one, the advantage of having a clean mouth. Look at somebody and say, uh-huh. That means you can't let anything always come out of your mouth. You can't have a nasty, foul, filthy mouth and say, I love Jesus. And I'm a child of God. No, you are defined by what you say. And nothing slips out of you that didn't slip in you. Just for the record, children of God have no need of using profanity. Look at somebody and say, have a clean mouth. And that's why be careful the music you allow your children to listen to. And you wonder why they're always in trouble. Well, examine what always goes through their ears and end up in their head. And everything somebody say, the whole notion of against the rap is contrary to the will of God. You don't have to insult people and curse people out to have me. I'm not opposed to rap music. It's good. Team Jesus, you are my boys, and I appreciate all that you do. Uh, but you've got to examine what you say. Touch somebody and say, keep it clean. Come on, if you put stuff out there, you can't take it back. If you use profanity on Facebook and social media, you can't take it back. And Then you go for a job and you wonder, why won't they hire me? Because they know who you are. The true you is not that sits before them in the interview, but the true you is who goes home late at night and what comes out of you. So Dr. John Phillips says two advantages of this one verse. One, the advantage of having a clean mouth. And then he says something I most admire, the advantages of having a closed mouth. <laughs> he says not only should our mouth be clean, but we ain't got to say everything. We don't, we don't have to talk as much. Sometimes you got to just hold your peace. And let the Lord fight your battle. Any witnesses in here? It doesn't always have to come out. What's on your chest doesn't always have to come out of your mouth. Preach Pastor Jackson. And here's how he puts it in the text. And I'm done. Solomon writes, he who guards his mouth preserves his life. King James Version. But he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. The Amplified Bible puts it this way. The one who guards his mouth. Amplified Bible. I'm going to let them catch up with me because I want you to see it. In parenthesis, thinking before he speaks, protects his life. The one who opens his lips wide, 
uh, chatters without thinking, that person comes to ruin. You'll ruin your life based on what you say and what you put out there. May I preach this? Listen to how the Message Bible puts it. The Message Bible puts it this way. It says, careful words make for a careful life. Careless talk may ruin everything. Ooh. Did you get it? Can you get it? Be careful of what you say. You don't have to live out loud. Everybody doesn't need to know everything about you. Some things ought to be between just you and God. And what you put out ought to be uplifting and wholesome. Perhaps the less we worry about what others say about us. Listen to this. The more available we are for God to speak to us. How can God speak to you when everybody else is in your ear? Preach, Pastor Jackson. When everybody else is all up in your mind, how can God get through? For we are truly validated. Tell somebody we are truly validated. When God speaks to us and not what others think or say about us. Say what you want about me. It doesn't matter. I know what God thinks. Ah, the old folks say, talk about me as much as you please. But the more you talk, I'm going to bend my knees. Look, I appreciate that you have an opinion about my life. But your opinion about my life cannot pay my mortgage, cannot pay my car payment, cannot help me raise my children or my grandchildren. Amen, somebody. Don't you worry about what people say or think about you. We need to make room for God to speak. Oh, can I get a witness? Tell somebody to clean out some space in your head and in your mind for God to speak. Because when God speaks, oh, it changes your life. I want to leave you with the word of scripture. Then we'll have the altar call. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 to verse 10. To every young person in here, this is a word for you. Samuel was a young man who lived with the priest Eli. He had dedicated his life to the Lord, but allow me uh, the privilege of reading the entire text. Indulge me for a minute because I want you to see what the text says. It is so important as it fits the narrative of what God is saying to us today. That the only way God can speak to us is that we've got to clear our minds, clear our heads, and get rid of some baggage and folk that are hanging around you literally or digitally. There's some folk hanging in your life that does not need to be in your life. Can I get a witness? Look at the text. Verse 1, and I'll read it. 
through because I want you to see. We place on the board for a new King James Version. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. It means people were sinful. People had their own agenda. Uh, and there was no widespread revelation. One translation said there was no vision. Verse number two, and it came to pass at that time while Eli, the old man, was lying down in his place. And when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was. Listen to the text. Ah, he says, before the lamp went out where the ark was, and while Samuel was lying down. In other words, Samuel was in the presence of the ark of God. The Bible said, verse number four, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, hear my but Samuel did not recognize the voice of God, so he ran to Eli, the old man, because he thought Eli called him. And he said, here am I, you called me. And Eli said, I did not call, lie down again. And he went and lay down, the text says, verse number six, then the Lord called yet again. Touch somebody say, God is still calling. God calls you by your name. Samuel! So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Eli answered and said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel, look at the parenthesis. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again for the third time. Grab somebody by the hand and say, neighbor, God is still calling you through the distractions through the noisy uh, uh, distractions of your friends and all you're going, I can still hear the Lord call my name. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that the Lord didn't stop calling me because I missed him the first time. I missed him the second time. I'm not the only one in here who missed the call of the Lord the first and the second time. Can I get a witness? And the Lord called him the third time. So Samuel arose, went to Eli, and said again, Here I am, for you did call me. Now at this time, Eli perceived that the Lord had called the young man. New King James had called the boy. Every, you better have some folk in your life that if you can't recognize the call of God on your life, you've got some praying people around you and in your life 
that can recognize God in your life. I'm so glad when I was doing my thing, I had some other Josephine Andersons and I had some Deacon Frank English Juniors and others who recognize a call on my life. The Bible said, Eli perceived that the Lord had called the young man. Therefore, whoo, look at verse number nine. Eli said to Samuel, go and lie down and it shall be if he calls you again, then you must utter these words. Speak, Lord, your servant hears. Is there anybody in here that know how to hold your hand up and say, speak, speak, Lord, your servant here. Now the Lord came and this time stood and called as he did other times. The Lord said, Samuel, the Lord said, Samuel, and Samuel answered, speak, your servant here, stand to your feet. We're ready to go, but grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, can you recognize the voice of the Lord that's calling you, calling you to go higher, calling you to live righteous, calling you to walk out of sin, calling you to hold your head up high, calling you to say, for God I live and God I die. Touch somebody, say, neighbor, the Lord is calling you. Can you hear him? Can you hear him? Cross the aisle and touch somebody and say, get ready. The Lord has a job for you to do. The Lord has something for you to do. Speak, Lord. I got to get out of here. But I feel like preaching. I'm trying to save it for the third service. But I feel like preaching. Speak, Lord. Somebody throw your hands up and say, speak. Have your way. Have your Somebody meet me at the altar. If you're ready for the Lord to speak into your life, if there's room in your life to hear a word from the Lord, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak. Speak, Lord. I hear you, Lord. I hear you, Lord. I hear you, Lord. No more distractions. No more distractions. Speak, Lord. Let the church say yeah. Let the church say yeah. 
touch somebody say neighbor get ready God is calling you for something greater for something higher for something better can I preach I feel like preaching grab somebody by the hand and say I love you but I don't need your validation I don't need you to validate me I know who I am I'm a child of the most high God I am blessed and highly favored Every now and then, the Hebrews used to Shabbat God. Shabbat means from the depths of your belly, you throw your head back and let out a loud noise. Let the city hear you. I don't need your validation. I don't need you to validate me. have an assignment. I don't know who this is for. And, I'm, and I am not saying this is for everyone. But some of us have an assignment. We're going to go home and defriend some people. We're going to go home and block some folk. And they're going to call you and say, why you block me? You said, because I want to make room to hear from the Lord. Woo. Listen to the song Pastor Donnie McClurkin writes. Speak to my heart. Holy Spirit, give me the words that will bring new life. Woo. Words on the wings of the morning. The dark night will Fade away if you speak to my heart. Does anybody in here want God to speak to your heart? Speak to my heart, Holy Spirit. 
message of love to encourage me, lifting my heart from despair, <laughs> how you love me and care for me. Ooh, somebody throw your hands up and say, Lord, just speak to my heart. Ooh, ah, yeah, come on. Clap those hands and give God a hand up, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put your hands on your heart, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody else, maybe you're praying for somebody who is not here. You, you need them not to live out so loud in their lives. Come on, come stand at this altar. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Holy, holy. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Message. God wants to validate you this morning. Come on. Come meet us at this altar. Let us pray for you. Yeah, yeah. Message of love. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Give me your holy word. Yeah, yeah. If I can't hear from you, <laughs> then I'll know what to do. Ah, yeah, yeah. I won't go alone. <laughs> mm, never go on. Put your hands right there. Own. Yeah, yeah. Just let your spirit. Speak. This is between you and God this morning. And let yeah. your word abide. Speak to my heart. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. If I can't hear from you, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I know what to do. I won't, I won't go alone. Never go on, go on my own. Just let your spirit guide me. Take those hands and lift them in the air and say they ain't here. Then I'll know what to do. Said I'll never go alone. I won't go by myself. 
listen, listen. We are going to invite you back on Tuesday because there are three key takeaways in this last message of supernatural peace that we're going to go over in detail. And here they are. We'll put them on the board. Number one is that we should carefully guard how much about our lives we put out on public display. You don't have to tell everything. Number two is too much info about ourselves that's on public display can give the enemy a foothold or an opportunity into our lives. This is the one I like. Look at somebody. I need you to help me with this. Catch someone by the hand and say true validation comes from our relationship with God and not from what other people think or say about us. Say they don't matter. <laughs> Close those eyes. Now here's your challenge. It begins with the relationship with God. You can never hear God's voice if there are other things that are taking God's place. Say that again, Pastor Jackson. You can't hear his voice when other things or other people are taking God's place. Ooh. God deserves a place in your life. And when God has his proper place in your life, you can hear his voice. Question today is, do you have that relationship? Are you committed to something greater than yourself? Ooh. Samuel began on that day a relationship with the Lord his God. But in order to hear God, listen to this. This is so profound. I read this many years ago. He had to ignore the presence of Eli. Ooh, because every voice he heard, he thought it was Eli. Because Eli was prominent in his mind not God. And Eli, because Eli loved him, said, son, this is not me. This is God. How many of you want God to be prominent in your mind, in your life? Ooh. If you don't have that relationship, meet us at this altar. You want to join the church? Everybody needs a church home. Everyone needs a covering. Everyone needs somebody who will pray for your soul. If you're looking for that today, join us after we pray this prayer at this altar. You don't have to live out loud because God is on your side. And what goes on between you and God stays. Ooh, stays. You don't have to worry about God retweeting it or sharing it or sending out. When you tell folk this is just between us next thing you know everybody knows about it you don't have to worry about that with God it stays with him let us pray Lord we thank you we bless you we honor you this day thank you Lord for this series these nine messages supernatural peace thank you for this message don't live out loud thank you for reminding us not only do we need a clean mouth but often we need a closed mouth. 
we don't have to say everything and tell everybody. Help us to be convinced that all we need is to be validated by you and not by others. Speak into someone's life right now. Someone who's viewing by way of Facebook, someone viewing by way of our internet broadcast. Touch them right now, Lord. Uh, remind them that they too can be validated by you. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. The church that loves God and the people who are validated by God said amen, amen, amen. Put your arms around somebody. Say God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you. Come on, if you want to make that decision, let today be a day where you make that decision. This is between you and God right now. Come on, somebody. If you want to make that choice, walk down the aisles right now and just stand and say, here I am, God. God is calling you right now, wherever you are. Come on, yeah. If I came here from, I won't go Come on, somebody else, come on. Amen. Look at this young man, it's coming. Somebody else, come on, others are coming. Yeah, yeah, come on, let them come right now. Speak to Clap your hands for me. Somebody, God's calling you. God is calling you right now. Come on. God wants to validate you. The Lord wants to validate you right now, wherever you are. If you hear it, you need the Lord to validate you. God is calling you. Come on. Wherever you are, give God a hand of praise for these one. Give God a praise for the word of God.